0: All right, you guys, welcome back to the Not Your Quick Fix podcast. Kara and I are here today with another special guest for you. We are so excited. I actually realized today this is our first female guest that we've had on, which is kind of crazy being our female-ran podcast. Right. But we have somebody really awesome for you guys. Um, when we were talking about who to bring on as our female entry, I could not think of a better female powerhouse than this. Um, our guest today has helped me beyond words, and she identifies herself as a business coach, but she's kind of rebranded that to be a more holistic approach. And I actually prefer her her, uh, her given name of the fairy godmother for fitness <laughs> coaches. Uh, but, you know, she has done so much for me mentally uh, with my mindset. You know, if you guys are looking to work on your business, Hannah has helped me with that too, but I think she's really thrives in the superpower of getting through your shit to make you a better person which then shows up better for your business so <laughs> without further ado we have Hannah Dindorfer here with us Hannah how are you hello I am so
1: good I got my coffee done today I got my workout in already I, I am Heck a yeah. wet little wet rat because I just showered and I feel <laughs> so good so I'm doing great I'm happy to be here
2: The best feeling, the best feeling. We are so excited to have you here and just have everything, all of the light and positivity that you bring here on this podcast. And you know, something that, that we were kind of talking about beforehand, because we were like, what? You know, what should we have Hannah speak on? Because you? I just feel like you bring so much knowledge and empowerment to to so many different communities and so many different aspects of the coaching industry, whether it be to coaches or clients or whatever it may be. And, you know, as we all know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And that's really something that we wanted to dive into here on this podcast is really just getting into more behind mental health and kind of, you know, past experiences with, with food and our bodies and all of those different things and how it comes into play in all of our own journeys. So, you know, speaking of our own journeys, Hannah, we would love for you to share a bit more about, you know, who you are, what you do and, and your journey and, and kind of how, what you've experienced in the past brought you to where you are now. Yes, who is the
0: fairy godmother?
2: <laughs> who is the fairy
1: godmother? Um it's so funny because every time I tell my story, I tell it differently. It's like even if you've heard me on another podcast or even if you've heard me tell my story, it shows up differently every time, which I think is is really cool about storytelling because like different when we tell it to different people, it like brings out all these aspects of um what, who we are and it, it gets to be like a new version and a new version and discovery process every time but um where i am now as you guys mentioned i am the fairy godmother for female fitness coaches um what that means for me personally is i do holistic business coaching, but most of what I'm doing is personal development work with my coaches, Mm -hmm. um, helping you with inner child healing and trauma and reconnecting with your sexuality and your body and um, just becoming a better human in every way possible so that then you can actually go and live your mission to the highest level of effectiveness. Um, How I got here is super convoluted. I'm just going to give... Like the bullet points of like all of my trauma,
2: (laughs) because I think the hardest question,
1: like like for for this discussion, I think just giving a very brief backstory is is good because then we can get into details as we go into Mm -hmm. like the mental health stuff. So like decently like grew up in a very small town, um, very very gifted uh, as far as my IQ from a very very young age was like testing like like ridiculous scores on tests and um, just very, very bright young person. Um, When I was 13 years old, my dad was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. And that was like the start of my 10 year span of like some of the most like hard shit I could ever imagine. Um, I like to say sometimes that like my little like oversoul, my little archangel, whatever you want to call it, my higher self was like, Given this like contract, this little deal where it was like, yo, do you want to do like 10 years of like the worst shit ever? You're going to like – you're going to want to die. You're going to want to leave this planet. You're going to like hate everything and you're going to isolate and it's going to be the worst time ever. But if you can make it through – You get to have a spectacular fucking life. And my higher self was like, oh, for sure. Like, let's let's fucking go. Sign me up. Um, So like within that 10 year span um, from 13 to 23, I was obviously had the trauma of having mentally ill parents. Um, My mom was also dealing with depression. So like mentally ill parents, my first relationship was abusive in every way imaginable, sexually, verbally, physically abusive. Um, I had an eating disorder that lasted for a few years. I was depressed, um, and anxious. And then at 21 attempted suicide and that the darkest part of that was like the transition where I started to get help. And what's really interesting is like, I think that like a lot of people imagine this, like once they decide they're going to get help, there's this like moment where you're like, all right, like I'm going to fucking do it. Like they feel like empowered and excited. And for me, like it was, it was actually more like, this sounds terrible, but like I attempted suicide obviously didn't work. And then I was like, well, all right, I guess I got to fucking figure how, how to be alive and not like this. Like I can't Mm -hmm. live like this in, in this level of suffering. So I like have to do something about it. If I'm going to be alive, it wasn't this like, all right, we're going to go change the world now. It's going to, we got to live for a purpose. It was it was like, all right, well, I got to fucking figure out how to be alive now. Yeah. Um, which did end up growing into this like burning desire to like do something with this life. It absolutely did transition into that. Um, but it took, it wasn't, it wasn't like that at the beginning. Um mm-hmm. So after college, I moved to California by myself. I worked in tech for a few years. And that also kind of was just like the thing that I thought I had to do um, because that's what society says. You get a good job and that's what you do. And after a few years of that, I was like, all right, fuck this um, and quit to start my own business and just didn't look back from there. So that's where that's that's my abridged version of that.
0: (laughs) So awesome. You know, one of the common themes and this is just the kind of people I think I guess speaks to that Kara and I have began to realize the power and surrounding yourself with but every guest that we brought on here has truly, when they break down their story, been through some crazy, crazy shit, and just really, really made something of themselves, though, not not in spite of it, but almost because of those things, and just to, to bring, I think it's really inspiring to bring on so many different people and perspectives of just the different ranges of struggles they've gone to, through, and how they have turned that into their strength, and you were just such an awesome example of that, and I, I'm so excited for us to have this conversation. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Like, I know there's probably something in there that every listener can pull out that they have maybe gone through like that. Uh, and I'm really excited to hear how the rest of us can help them.
2: For sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Cool. I totally agree. And I think that, like you said, it's just, it's insane the amount of, and I, I think, it's, I think it's something that a lot of people struggle with because I, I think I've said this on every podcast that we've had a a guest on, but it's like people really let their current situation define them and define the rest of their lives. And I think it's really, really, really important to hear from people who have been through the, you know, some of the toughest things that they will ever go through in their lives and who have made it out on the other side better and stronger. You know what I mean? So... I think that that's so freaking important, for sure, for sure. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in terms of kind of shifting into the mental health aspect and really understanding, like, whenever it comes to achieving your goals, and I guess we're more so talking in terms of, like, our own clients and, like, people who are really just starting out on, like, any, even any kind of journey, it doesn't have to be fitness, but self-improvement, yeah, self-improvement, anything like that. What would you say, you know, are, are some of the biggest mindset barriers that people run into that kind of hold them back from achieving that higher version of themselves? Um, so, I mean, the
1: biggest, (sighs) the biggest thing that stops anyone really from doing anything is, having your identity tied up in your current situation Mm -hmm. and or past situations of who you are Mm -hmm. like our we're gonna we're gonna get into some like some weeds of psychology just a little bit but like um our psyche how we are able to like function in the world is set up so that we can have some sense of stability Mm-hmm. if we If we didn't do this, if we didn't start to make meaning and make story out of the reality that we're living in, we would be completely dysfunctional. We wouldn't actually know what to do or how to show up or how to make decisions. so like from the time that we can crawl and start to piece things together about how this reality works we're creating we're grabbing onto things um, ideas and people and stories about who we are as the foundation and the building blocks of our ego and our sense of identity. And what happens is that inevitably we grab onto stories that are good for us, stories that are empowering, stories that will help us to grow and help us to be successful in the world. And we will also grab onto stories that are detrimental. Um, Mm -hmm. All of them are survival mechanisms. They're all built to like create a sense of safety and stability and to be able to function in the world. Some of them are just more effective at getting us to where we consciously want to be, but all of them are inevitably successful because they got us here. They helped us survive. Right. So when someone's deciding, OK, I want to make a change, I want to be a different person, or I want to create something different in my life, It requires that we deconstruct some of these bits and pieces of like who we thought we are have -hmm. put and have put together these barriers that we have for life, these barriers that we have for ourselves of what we allow as far as success, and also on the other side, and that creates a sense of instability and unsafety. And until we can realize that that is actually inauthentic, the unsafetiness, the the fear of that is inauthentic, but then also simultaneously like internally creating new safe structures around this new identity of who we get to be as a fit person or as a successful person or as a person who gets to have the kind of love that they want. Mm -hmm. until we create safety in those new identity structures, we're going to self-sabotage. We're going to hold ourselves back. We're going to hit a certain level of success and then slide backwards because that's still unsafe. So I think think that
2: kind of answered the question. That resonates so much. Like honestly – I feel like a light bulb just went off in my head but it's so true because it's like the minute that you said self-sabotage that was a thing that really kind of resonated with me because I mean like as somebody who did struggle with disordered eating binge eating different things like that like I would get I would always get to a certain level of success with myself and then I would revert back and like there have still been times throughout the past like even like three years of my fitness journey where like I could feel myself like it, it very rarely happens anymore, but I could feel like a little bit of those tendencies coming back sometimes. And it's mm-hmm. scary Yes, because you're like, holy shit, like I, I'm so comfortable. And so, so, you know, I'm so confident with where I'm at now as, you know, a quote unquote fit person or somebody who really cares about her, her health and fitness. But at the same time, it's like there's still that old part of me. I just don't necessarily allow it to, you know, hinder me anymore. But I think that's huge. And I think that's something that can resonate with so many people is that level of self-sabotage because it happens so much. It's like, oh, I did good. Now let me Mm -hmm. reward myself. And it turns into just all or nothing. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think that that's so powerful. And it's definitely something that I was telling Kara this morning, like I, I was literally listening to it for everybody. We're going to let Hannah plug the hell out of herself at the end of this episode, but if you're not <laughs> following her on Instagram, you should, because I was just telling her like, if I'm having a rough day, like she's just perfect at showing up and saying the things that you need to hear. Like, I feel better every time I listen to you say anything. And so, you know, one of the things that she has really helped me with, I, I, I give her this credit between her and my therapist. They like, my therapist likes to say they tag team me actually. Uh, <laughs> in the sense that, you know, I, I, I had that self-sabotage struggle and I did this for to myself in business and relationships. And I love that you kind of highlight that that can really show up anywhere. It's not just mm-hmm. in your fitness journey. And that working through that is going to be like the biggest key to moving forward is just recognizing like where this is coming from and like what what part of your past or your present story is feeding into this behavior and just being able to identify that. And the, Hannah has just been so crucial in helping me through that as, you know, when I worked with her one-on-one and now through the program she's in running with me right now. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of dive into some ways that you're able to help people with these things. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think that the, the biggest piece to actually start working through any of this is to just like not make it wrong that you struggle with something like this, like self-sabotage is not a bad thing. Like it's not wrong that you do that. It's not wrong mm-hmm. that you have perfectionism. It's not wrong that you procrastinate. It's not wrong that you compare yourself to other people. Like none of those things that you're doing that quote unquote hold yourself back or whatever it is, like it's not, none of it's bad. It's mm-hmm. all survival. It's all a survival mechanism for for you to create safety for yourself. So like removing the shame around it is the first step to actually like doing anything about it, and just like accepting that, like, yeah, this is a part. Of, this is what I do, and also, I kind of like feeling bad. I kind of like feeling like a victim. I kind of like sitting in my shit and like you know being sad, and like I like self sabotage because that ke- get gets me to avoid responsibility. And there's mm-hmm. not shame in that. Like there's, it's nothing wrong. It's actually just a totally normal functioning human thing that we that everyone does. And, mm-hmm. like, the more that we can create normalcy around that and not make it wrong that you do that, um, the easier it's going to be to start to, like, integrate that and transmute it. Um, I think what we were kind of talking about, like, uh, like the upper limit of, like, the, when you hit to self-sabotage, like, there's, a, there's mm-hmm. a certain level of happiness that you let yourself get to. But yeah. there's also – it works on the other side, too. Like, there's a, there's a certain level of, like, bad That you'll allow yourself to get to before you start taking actions in the opposite direction Mm
2: -hmm. and so
1: it's like if you can allow yourself to like continue to increase like the upper range and the upper range of like more happiness and more fulfillment and more success like that expand that having that expanded ability to live within just gives you more flexibility and you don't have to play within this really small range of like good and bad this like little safety zone And and it works the other way too if you can actually let yourself get to and experience the depth of like the really shitty stuff too and not make that wrong you get more expanded range on the on the top side too like more happiness and fulfillment I actually think that like that more than anything is like what my depression and and all of that has given me is like oh yeah i'm i can go to like the the furthest low and come back from that and i don't fear that anymore
2: so because yeah.
1: i don't fear it and because i don't shame it or make it wrong i get to have that as a part of who i am and i get the other the opposite side like the com- the complete highest range of like joy and success and fulfillment because mm-hmm. it's it's an, it's a when you pick up a stick, you don't just get like one side of the stick. Like mm-hmm. like we pick up the stick of success, but we don't realize that it's also attached to equal failure. And so we say, okay, I want success, but I don't want the failure. It's, it doesn't fucking work that way.
2: Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't work That's that so way. True.
1: So like That's so you, know, true. you have to know that when you ask for more success, you also are accepting yeah, I'm also going to sign up for like really hardcore failure and mm-hmm. like, and have that be okay. And the more you like allow that to be okay, like you actually get both, you get to have both parts of it.
0: Yes. So. I love that. Something that you said that really struck with, I know multiple of us in your current inner edge community that I wrote down on my whiteboard that I've looked at every week is that growth often feels like loss. Yeah. And so to understand
2: that, I don't think I've ever heard that.
0: Yeah, Wow, it's like, that was so powerful to me because I think we do get in our heads that like if we're going in the right direction or we made the right choice or like we're leveling up that like it should always feel good and that we should be like, always hitting just like these success milestones one after another and should be improving and moving forward and so then when you have these moments that are just like the fuck am I doing (laughs) that you think you like shame yourself for it just like you said and instead realizing that this is all like part of that process like just that mental shift I think does so much so I, I absolutely love that and I love that you're bringing that conversation here yeah yeah
2: I completely agree with that what would you say like this is a question I guess more so for myself like Do you have any tips or just like guidance on, you know, people who are starting a journey or who are making those choices to like level up and really even just feel like sometimes they're outgrowing certain things in their life and like how not to feel guilty about that, you know? Mm. I think that that's something that a lot of people struggle with even in, even through something as simple as, like, a fitness journey and saying, like, no to social events or whatever it may be, you know? Like, I feel like there's always that level of guilt whenever you're, whenever you're leveling up and, like, leaving certain things behind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I
1: think, so my answer to that would be twofold. I would say um, you have to grieve, right? Like, you, Mm -hmm. you, you get to know that it is, it's okay if it's hard for you. It's okay that it that it hurts your heart to like let certain people go. You're like, I just, like I said, you're actually like deconstructing parts of your identity Mm -hmm. in order to make space for something else. So it absolutely makes sense that it would feel painful. It absolutely makes sense that it would feel like loss because it is, it is in some way a loss and like nothing new can come in if there's not space and room for it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like where, where is it going to go? It's so funny Mm -hmm. because we ask for more and more and more. But where are you going to fucking put it if you don't make the space for it? Like you just don't have room. So Mm -hmm. something's got to go to make the space. And also as far as like on the guilt piece specifically, dude, if you've got guilt heavy, use it to your advantage. Like I always am a proponent of like taking those emotions that are like negative, quote unquote negative emotions and like using it for your benefit so like if you've got guilt and you feel guilty about you know letting people go and leaving people behind I would rather have you feel guilty for the fact that like you are not living to your fullest potential or feel guilty for you know there's there's a very healthy version of you that's like asking for you to come through like asking you for asking you to be an integrity there's like maybe a little inner child that's like wants you so desperately to like step up for her feel guilty for not owning up for her like, mm-hmm. I would rather have you be accountable to her and feel bad and guilty and wrong for, like, not showing up to your fullest potential and not, like, being in integrity with yourself than I would have you feel guilty to, like, the expectations of people who are not where you want to be.
2: So. I love that. Yeah. That's a huge perspective shift for sure. For sure. Yeah. That's yeah.
0: good. I I think that what I would like to do is kind of transition with all of this into getting a little bit deeper to whatever you're, I know you're a very open and vulnerable person, Hannah, but Mm -hmm. I always just want to make sure, you know, that you feel like you're in a space to share with us today. Um, a little bit deeper about, you know, your, your history with, um, you know, that you touched on as far as ED and recovery and just those binging tendencies, because I know, um, I know we see this show up for some of our clients, even if it wasn't as far as a full diagnosed ED, um, you know, Kara talking about her past with binging. I had binge restrict tendencies, like even just on that scale. And mm-hmm. then this is something you deeply went through. And I know working with coaches that a lot of your coaches, like your clients that are coaches come to you with these same struggles. And how do mm-hmm. I handle this client without just telling them, you know, like it's okay or <laughs> do better or, you know, like, let's not buy that food or like whatever it is and how can we, how can we connect more? Because what I love about Hannah is her entire approach has to do with that heart centered coach and that connection between your clients and the coach being the thing that not only keeps them around for you, but actually truly changes their life. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I would love for you to just kind of share a little bit more in depth about that and kind of what that turnaround looked like for you and then how you not only helped yourself, but how you help others now.
1: Yeah. So my My eating disorder story, so I was, like, I've been athletic my entire life. I was always in sports, always. And um, I also mentioned to you guys that, like, my first romantic relationship was, like, highly Mm -hmm. abusive. So, like, Mm -hmm. I came out of a three-year relationship, age 13 to 16, with like very very low self esteem, very low self worth because of this like very manipulative, very um, abusive relationship. And so, um, when I went to college, when I was eighteen, a couple of years later, I was still was just like very very low self esteem, very low self worth. And my first year of college was like fine, um, but I was also not exercising the same way that I used to and therefore not eating as much just because I wasn't as hungry. I didn't have as many snacks around because I was eating full meals in the cafeteria and I was just walking all the time because campus was huge. I went to Michigan State and I was like walking around campus all the time. And so like just by proxy, I lost a little bit of weight, but like I was by no means needing to. Um, and I didn't even notice. So I like came back my summer after my freshman year of college and multiple people in my hometown started making comments about my weight. And they were like, you look so good. I can – have you lost weight? What are you doing? Like you look amazing, blah, blah, blah. And so for me, this person with like very low self-worth and self-esteem, that was just like putting – like meth directly into my fucking veins was like validation approval attention was just like oh my god like i got the thing that i wanted so much i got it okay now i need more because i'm a fucking addict and like that's this is where do i get my next fix so i'm googling how to lose weight and i found running and my fitness pal and this was like before my fitness pal was like even a really a thing before tracking mm-hmm. or macros or whatever was even a yep. thing this was like fucking eight years ago now mm-hmm. um and yep. so i log in i put my info in my fitness pal and it says oh yeah 1200 calories yep right like that was the standard recommendation so i started tracking my food and running. And that was like in the summer. And then by December, I had lost almost 30 pounds. And like, I'm a small person. I'm five feet tall. I think when I started, I was like maybe 125 pounds. And I was like 95 pounds. At my lowest, I was 90 pounds, like Mm 89.9. And sick, like really sick. And, um, For me, it was like always restricting um, and just eating as little as possible. I started to like, you know, once the the validation of people saying you look good started to like wear down because like after a certain point, you don't look good anymore. You just look sick. Mm -hmm. After that stopped happening, I was receiving the same dopamine hit from watching the scale go down. Like every time that number went down, for me it was like love. It was approval. It was validation. Like that was that was my that was where the hit where the fix was coming from at that point. And and also in crazy fucking things like um like having not eating more than like not going over a thousand calories or, like, seeing how little I could eat in a day or, like, having – I remember, so I was, like, in the door, living in the dorms and um, so I would, like, have to get up at night to go pee from my bunk bed and so I would, like, get down from my bunk bed and I remember thinking to myself, like, when I would get up to go pee at night, if I wasn't dizzy when I was, like, going to go pee, if I wasn't dizzy, I was, like, oh, I ate too much today because I'm not dizzy wow. so, like, tomorrow I need to eat less. And, like, it got to the point – where my friends at one point tried to stage an intervention for me. They, like, tried to talk Mm -hmm. to me about the fact that, like, I hadn't been eating and I was obviously, like, not well. And I got so mad at them, I never spoke Mm -hmm. to them again. I, like, blew up on them, refused to talk to them. Um, That was when I was, like, really, really isolated, like, so isolated. And Mm -hmm. it was just, like, a fucking constant battle in my head. I remember thinking, like, this is never going to – go away. Like this is this is just how I'm going to live now forever with this obsessive voice in my head. And mind mm-hmm. you, here's the crazy fucking part is that like I was still like four pointing college.
0: That's crazy.
1: While I was eating like nothing and having that like my mind consumed with this disorder. Mm-hmm. And it, this is like my only like kind of regret of that time is like fuck, can you fucking imagine like what I could have done with like full brain power? At that time, like, that's – it was just, like, so annoying to me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So annoying. Anyway, so a couple other, like, little anecdotes from that time. There was one day – so I went to school in Michigan. I remember one day getting up in the morning, and I would go to the gym every morning at, like, 5 o'clock to run on the treadmill until it was warm enough to run outside. And um, there was one morning where I, like, walked, like, halfway to the gym, And I was just like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Like, why? I don't understand. And I had this, like, whole, like, inner battle with myself where I, like, if you would have been watching, you would have seen me, like, walk a few steps to the gym and then turn around and walk a few steps back just being like, I want to go back to sleep. I just want to sleep. I'm starving. Like, I'm so exhausted. And then this other voice being like, no, you have to. You have to go to the gym. You have to run. Like, you have to. You're disgusting. Blah, blah, blah. Blah like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, until finally I just like sat on the steps of like a building that was right there in the snow and just like cried. And then the voice won and I like got up and went to the gym. And like that was how it was for like months. Um, and, then, and then like being in the car with my dad one time um, and he was like driving me back to school And I remember, again, like, the thoughts being so consuming that I couldn't even, like, hear what he was saying. Like, I couldn't even, like, have this conversation. And I just wanted to, like, break down and cry. And I wanted to ask him, like, is it always going to be this way? Like, what the fuck? Like, am I always going to have to deal with this? But, like, I couldn't say anything because, like, I didn't want anyone to know about what my eating disorder was. And, like, Mm -hmm. I – in the car, I just started crying because I couldn't verbalize, like, what was happening and he was just like what's wrong like are you okay and the only this is this gives me fucking chills the only thing I could say was I don't want you to die wow which I said it like to him which kind of made sense because you know he had bipolar disorder and like I could have like made it make sense but truly I was saying it to myself yeah it was like a voice directly a message directly to myself like I don't want you to die and that was before i attempted suicide um but so that's you know that's how bad it was like that's like Mm -hmm. just like little snippets of like how dark it was i have so many other like things that are like that like i remember i tried to call um there was one night where i was like chewing and spitting food out into a trash bag in my room because my roommate was gone and i remember being like this is pretty fucked up like i should like get some like this is like there's something wrong with me and i like called the national eating disorder hotline no one picked up.
2: And oh, I was like, "Well, yeah. guess I don't
1: deserve help. Bye." Guess Oh my god.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, That's yeah. crazy. Yeah,
1: dude. I have so many like so many fucking wild stories from that time, but like um honestly, like the things that really started to get me out were yeah. um I started going to therapy. And Mm -hmm. for a really long time, I, like, lied to my therapist about (laughs) what was happening. Um, But eventually, (laughs) yeah, like, I don't want to fucking tell this person, like, Mm -hmm. how crazy I am because obviously I'm the craziest person she's ever dealt with and, like, you (laughs) know, like, it's embarrassing. (laughs) Um, And – but I finally, like, started to talk to her about it. And um, like I said, like, I had had this impression that, like, my – I was always going to be this way. Like, it was always going to be this, like, obsession inside my head. And there was one day where she showed me this video um, of a brain making a new neural connection. And that's, that's what our thoughts are. They're just synapses in our brain firing over and over and over. And when we have, like, a pattern in our brain, a synapses that's fired enough times um, it forms a really strong neural connection because we've like worn that groove. You can ma- imagine it's like a, a road that you drive a lot of times over and over and over and over. And so I've I've driven this road, this connection between myself and my value and eating disorder and my body, like I, I that pattern I just worn a d- really deep groove in. And I thought that was always going to be there. And she showed me this video of a brain... That had a neural connection and where a person was consciously choosing to make a new neural connection and start a new pattern and create a new groove. And on this video, the old neural connection started to fade and go away. And that person was doing it intentionally, consciously. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh well, fuck. Well shit, now I, I don't I have no excuse. Mm-hmm. I have no reason why I can't do this. If this this dumbass can do this and I definitely can, <laughs> right? Like cuz I kn- I know how smart I am. I know how uh-huh. how, how intelligent, and how powerful my brain is and I'm like, okay, well fuck. Like now I now I have to take responsibility for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's terrifying to be like, uh-huh. oh, this actually yes, there are chemicals in my brain and there are um you know, predispositions, genetic predispositions I have to mental illness because of my genetics. And also um, I have power and I have a responsibility to take that on for myself. And that's really, really hard when it's much easier to take a victim stance. Mm -hmm. And that required me to like just level the fuck up and be like, all right, well, I'm going to take ownership of myself now. I'm going to take ownership of my life and, and take responsibility for this. And like that shift to taking responsibility of like even if I fuck up, even if I get it wrong, I'm just con- going to continue to like level up my integrity and take responsibility and take ownership over and over and over and over. That, just a commitment to that, um, you can do anything if you if yeah. you take that on for yourself. And yeah, you can. You can, is... you can literally do anything. Yeah.
2: That's, that's he- so powerful. That's huge. Like, like your therapist showing you like the new connection. Dude, being Mary
1: in. Beth is the fucking goat, dude.
2: Like, do you still have awesome. the same therapist? <laughs> no, I haven't worked
1: with her in forever.
2: But yeah. shout out You'll to never you, forget, Mary no. Beth. Shout
1: out to <laughs> we you. We love you, Mary. Doctor Mary Beth, you're the fucking goat. But-
0: you know that's there's there's so, there's so many things that i that i could want to dive into there but what i really love about this is that i think shedding a light on the fact that so many different times during your journey and just these little snippets like you were consciously aware that what you were doing was fucked up oh, and yeah. that there was something wrong with it mm-hmm. and i think that there's like this misinterpretation that people it's the same thing with like you know i went i went to therapy in college to like leave an abusive situation and for that you know it was like people are just like, you, like, you know, this is bad for you. Why don't you just leave? Like, Mm -hmm. it's that same thing. Like, why don't you just stop doing it? And like, Mm -hmm. people don't understand it. Like they think that you're like unaware of what you're doing. Um, and so like, I think that that's important to shine that light that like, it's normal to like be at this war with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, and that that's really important, but also, you know, the fact that you tried multiple times and that you, you know, didn't just let that be the quitting thing and that even when you started going to therapy that it didn't just magically all of a sudden like work out and be fixed like you know you lied for a while and like all of those things that just show how much of a process this is uh, are is really important and I, I am curious is there anything specifically that happened or was there any kind of like light bulb moment that initiated you going to therapy or was it just kind of like finally that you were like, okay, I've been in this internal debate long enough that I like need to do something about it. Like what kind of got you to be able to be like, I have to move forward in some way.
1: Um, well, my suicide attempt for sure was like a a point where like, I was like, well, I got to fucking try something. And like, Mm. um, for at first it was really just like to check the box that I was like doing something. Like, Mm -hmm. like truly though, like when some, when shit's not working, do literally anything else. Like Mm -hmm. if, if something isn't working in your life, just do anything, like try anything, um, Mm -hmm. because that's better than just continuing on doing the same thing over and over and over. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean (laughs) like anything, try anything. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, yeah. So like, that's really what initiated, um, going to therapy. And I think like, one thing I want to add, to is that the more that you can take a lighthearted, like playful approach to your healing process, the better it's going to turn out for you. Um, because like the humor that I had around it and like the humor I still have around like me like fucking up and being a human being is really what helps me to like not take shit so seriously because it's like mm-hmm. you know yeah we fuck up yeah we like hate our lives but like it's it's fucking it's funny like it's funny that we create all these like little traps for ourselves and little like ways to hate ourselves and little ways to like find suffering and like it's so it's just this human game that we're playing is is a lot of times very silly and the more that you can like find humor in the silliness because like you know curiosity lightheartedness we're all gonna fucking die eventually so like might as well have a good time even if you're like having a bad time you might as well like make 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 the most of it make light of it
2: yeah yeah I completely agree with that honestly and like I think that it's something that people do naturally. Like, I know for me, like, I I joke about stuff all the time that's, like, hard that I'm going through, you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's, like, I don't think – I think that people do it more so to just – like, a lot of people will do it just to kind of, like, on a show, and they don't actually, like, when they're alone, it's, like, okay, yeah, no, this is really fucking hard. And I think if you just Mm – genuinely actually start to take that lighthearted approach even when you're alone and just like talk yourself through that and just say like hey like realistically like I am going to get through this and things aren't as serious as I need to make them out to be you know what I mean that's a choice that you're making for yourself to to take that lighthearted approach and be more positive about it but mm-hmm. I think it's something that's hard for a lot of people to do when it's just themselves you know mm-hmm yeah, sure. I mean
1: I think it's I think it's both. I think it's like acknowledging like the gravity and the sacredness of life, like mm-hmm. acknowledging that like this is like it's your it's it's your life that we're that we're talking about here. Like this is this is it. Like it's yeah. it's, it's what you have and simultaneously being like in the space of like it's super fucking temporary. Like it's all nonsense made up game anyway like some of it is random has no point whatsoever and so like you know we get to choose like how we handle it and and the other thing too is i think like a lot of people you know we 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 take these kinds of negative experiences and again like we deem them as um unwanted and we deem them as um like dark shadow like this is a this mm-hmm. is a really bad thing that's happening and we shouldn't be experiencing this. I think that's where that's where the um where the where the worst part of it happens mm-hmm. is when we start to resist the experience that we're having and we say, oh we shouldn't be having this experience. We don't want this. It's not good. It's bad. Um, and it's it's not that though. It's it's not. It's part of the experience that our, that we want. We, we call it in. We're like, okay, we want to sign up for this one. We want to have this experience. Part of us wants to suffer. Part of us wants to have this painful experience. So, like, as much as we can, find pleasure in that. Find pleasure in that suffering and be like, okay, yeah, like, there's a part of this pain, this grief that feels good. There's a part of this victimhood that I enjoy. There's a part of this um, – sadness and angst and discomfort that's actually quite pleasurable and and if, the less that we resist that and can like own that the easier it is then to both find joy in that and then have more joyful experiences that are easily joyful too
0: yeah yeah I love that and that was that was a really pivotal thing for me that I never really thought about is like being grateful for and like appreciating and realizing that each of these like stories that we tell ourselves or these negative things are like for a purpose or like that they serve us. And that was something that actually that the very first like, self-help book that you know the base the basic the basic bitch of self-help books that you are a badass <laughs> book um really really helped me because it's the first time that I always I always have told Hannah this my laughing at being like all this stuff is woo-woo bullshit was me at the end of circa 2019 and I made myself listen to that book and actually take it seriously and now the journal exercise from it I make all of my clients do which is doing that it's like what are these false beliefs and stories about yourself and then now, before we move forward from undoing those, I need you to write down all the things that these false beliefs have done for you like and thank them because mm-hmm. you established them for a purpose. Like They did something to protect you, to serve you. And to do that is to help you not come towards your growth from a place of self-loathing. It helps you understand that like you weren't, like you said, wrong or bad for having any of these lies or stories, mm-hmm. that they were there to help you at this point in your life. But now, after we thank them, we have to start that process of letting them go and creating our own stories and that entire process is what led me to get uncomfortable and hire hire you Hannah the first time was having to do all of this you know and that was a really hard thing for me. I went, I went through, you know, I was trying to work with somebody and I picked the most like woo woo person on the internet. I feel like, so at
2: the time, you know, like, like as far as, as far as my business,
0: literally I was like, okay, well, the story to me is that all this stuff is bullshit. So let's, let's try, let's see, let's undo that and see why I told myself that. And, it's changed my life. So, you know, I think that's really important to touch on that because I don't think a lot of people talk about that. We talk about a lot of this like growth and these false beliefs and limiting beliefs. And I used to see this on every like biz thing or fitness thing everywhere. That's like, let go of your limiting beliefs. And I was like, if I see one more fucking Instagram story about limiting beliefs. I'm going to throw my phone away. Like that's how angry I was about it. And I also, was then able to reflect and realize that was projection (laughs) about the fact that I had a lot of limiting beliefs. But that all started with having to kind of take that weird shift from that simple exercise. So I just, I really love that you touched on that. And I think that's really powerful for a lot of people.
1: Mm -hmm. I really also, I love that you- um, you took on and noticed that like the reason why something over there was upsetting you actually had nothing to do with the thing. It's like all internal. It's, um, you, yeah. it's totally, it, that's exactly what it is. And this is like some basic like NLP parts theory. Basically like anything that we disown internally that we can't be within ourselves, something we don't like about ourselves or something that we don't allow ourselves to have, we still want it. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll take that part. We're going to put it on someone else and have them show up that way to us so that we can then um, have some kind of either resolution with them or mm-hmm. um, we can have a conflict with them and mm-hmm. we can like allow ourselves to be in communication with that part of ourselves that's, that's exiled um, because we do want it um but but how it shows up for us usually if it's a it's if it's an exiled part or something that we deem as um unworthy or or not good for us to have we like say oh look at that person over there fuck that person like they're mm-hmm. they're too they're greedy or they're selfish or they're um annoying or they are whatever it is that we don't want to be um or they're a martyr or they're you know, helpless or they're a victim or whatever it is. It's all stuff that we are too. We just like don't like it about ourselves. And so we're Mm -hmm. like, okay, we can like blame someone else and like
0: go put that over there. That look is at so, it. so huge. I love it. And I, I have to, I have to tell you, tell you both. I'll share this here because I was cracking up. I saw one of my, one of my friends has gone through a recent uh, separation as well. And um, he, he tweeted this week and I was dying and it made me think of everything you were just saying. And he was like, for a dating profile opening line, I think we should say, how aware are you of your previous traumas and what steps have you taken to avoid projecting that shit onto me is pretty solid. That's freaking and amazing. Like, and I was like, this is so true, but like with every relationship, whether it's about, you know, your, your coach to client relationship, your friendships, your, your relationships with other, other people that you just look at and are envious of all of that is just, you know, whenever we have these harsh feelings towards them or that jealousy is jealousy is huge when it comes to projection, I think, Mm -hmm. and all of that, it's always coming from somewhere about us, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I bring this even in with my clients to the degree of, you know, whenever we have kind of what Kara was asking about earlier, like people who are, not really supporting you or being judgmental about your decisions to be healthier or whatever it is. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they're, they're all, I always try to tell them that has nothing to do with you. They're Mm -hmm. projecting something about what they feel incapable of or what this is bringing up for them. Like, you know, and that is, that's a huge moment too, to just step out of what other people want from you and really focus on yourself.
1: For sure. That's like a, it's like a twofold thing that's happening there. There's like, they're projecting their shit onto you. And also you have to know and realize that like, and Kylie, we kind of work through this too with like some of your relationship stuff, where like mm-hmm. that person over there is only going off of the information that you gave them. So mm-hmm. if they're showing up questioning you, they're showing up showing up to you um challenging you in some way they're only going off of whatever information that you gave them. Like if you showed Mm -hmm. up and you were like so solid, so certain, so convicted in your and and incongruent in what you're doing, they would have nothing – they would have no ammo to spit back at you, right? So like you've given them the ammo because there is a part of you that isn't quite sure about your journey yet, that isn't quite sure that you're going to get results, that isn't quite Mm -hmm. sure that this is the right path for you. And so – When you share, other people pick up on that, and they're just mirroring back to you your own self-doubt. And in Mm -hmm. that mirroring process, there's opportunity for you to actually be even more grounded and certain in your belief or to let yourself get carried away by that um, belief that you have that you're actually, like, incapable. So that's opportunity. That's a choice point for you where you can show up and be more solid and convicted in in what you believe and in your transformation. Mm -hmm. So.
2: That's Absolutely so true. Not. That's so true. And I think that it it has a lot to do too with just, you know, people's trust in you as well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Especially as coaches, we we need to be solid and we need to be confident. You know what I mean? And we need to show up as that, as that person who you're gonna be able to come to and you know that, hey, we got you and we don't have that self doubt, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's huge, huge for sure. Yeah. So, Hannah. I think that something that we really wanted to ask you, you know, before we wrap up is what would you say are even just like three main things that you focus on with yourself or with your clients, whatever it may be to really help overcome that past trauma, whether it be with food, fitness, like what would be the top three things that you could give our listeners?
1: I mean, number one is just awareness. Like, the more self-awareness, you cannot, you can't do anything with something that you just aren't aware of. Mm -hmm. And most of our actions and patterns come out of just a just blind spots that we have. We're acting out of habit. We're acting out of pattern. And if you can shed light on why you're acting a certain way or like even just the fact that you are behaving a certain way and you have a repeating pattern, that self-awareness is priceless. And, and like And then the second thing beyond that, what happens usually is when you start to bring more awareness to all your patterns and shit, then you start to shame yourself because you're like, oh my God, look at all of this unhealed shit that I have. Look at -hmm. at what a terrible person I am because I have all this stuff that I'm doing unconsciously and now it's conscious and I can't stop doing it. So like the self-awareness first and then second is just like so much Mm self-forgiveness, like so much compassion for self and knowing that like, nothing you're doing is bad and wrong and like like I said the removal of the shame of that process so like awareness and then forgiveness of the fact that you are human
2: love <laughs> and, that
1: and it's fine yep and then and then beyond that is like you know find someone that can support you in this like find mm-hmm. a mentor find a community find mm-hmm. people that are that have the things you want to have that are behaving in a way that you want to behave. And then you can attune yourself to them. You can take on their patterns. You can take on their behaviors. You can see how someone else actually has the things that you want to have. And it's way easier. It's like a straight up life hack to just like put yourself around the people that are doing the things and having the things that you want to have because it's only a matter of time that you level up to that because they're Mm -hmm. holding you accountable to that version of who you are um
2: Mm -hmm. so I love that those are perfect yeah
0: Yeah. they're great yeah that's a great place first if you're going to start with like we just said you know this applies to anything that you're trying to overcome in any situation you know like obviously we have a lot of listeners that are here for fitness but we also do a lot about just like your mindset and overall personal development and I think any shit you're trying to work through those three steps are great places to start there's mentorships and, th- and people that can help you in communities for literally anything that's the age that we live in that's beautiful about it and yep. you know I'm, I I love all of that yeah
2: I love it so much too yeah. Hannah thank you so much for being on with us okay so we have two questions we ask all of our guests so first question is what is your favorite carbohydrate source <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is so really we, love, we love carbs. <laughs> okay, let me think about that for a second. Um, Very serious. Okay, my favorite carbohydrate source.
2: I mean, <laughs> Jason should, says brown. Jason comes on here and says potatoes.
1: <laughs> honestly, though, that that for sure used to be like if you ask. Versatile. Me my, if you asked me what my favorite food was, I used to always say mashed potatoes. But honestly, mm-hmm. like my favorite carb source now is. I, I, like straight up maple syrup dude <laughs>
2: oh, yeah. love that oh my like, god like,
1: I you know every day this is like I'm so health man like I will drink like a yeah. whole brew um, oh so
0: good with
1: yeah. oat milk and maple syrup that's like
0: <laughs> that sounds bomb Wait, do you put the maple syrup in the coffee yeah uh, that sounds amazing I've you know you know of, I've like, got a coffee problem so oh, I have to yeah I, to know I mean yes <laughs> Like, oh my god yes cold,
1: because you're feeling
2: Kylie's addiction and so Kylie's like, supposed to be cutting back I
1: started it with honey like at first I would put like yeah, honey yeah. in my coffee but like honey it like can it becomes more solid if it gets more mm-hmm. cold mm-hmm. Yes. syrup holds viscosity even at cold temperatures mm-hmm. so it doesn't I can like stir my coffee and it doesn't get all fucking stuck to the bottom it just actually like uh disintegrates in
0: the liquid
2: oh so, yes wow yeah love, love
1: that and especially
0: so because like oat milk has been my like my cold brew and oat milk I'm drinking right now on this podcast that's what I'm drinking like yeah. and I'm just thinking about this now like my mind is blown dude maple so, syrup and- that's a great hack for all of our listeners that are always struggling. Like, how do I hit my carbs? And I'm, we're always like, use things like honey and maple syrup. Honey and si- oh, maple fucking syrup. Pour right. a quarter cup of maple syrup in that bitch. You're good on carbs yeah. for the day. <laughs> right?
2: Come on.
0: Well, I love it. (laughs) I love it. That's such a unique one. I'm so happy with this. I'm so happy with this. Our our last question then is just your shameless plug time. So you know, once again, just thank you so much, Hannah, for being here. Uh, You've been, you know, I know you inspire Hannah just through our Kara, just through social media, and just being able to follow you and get to know you through bits by bits of that, and through our you know relationships that she has with myself and other clients of yours, and. For me, you know, you've been just an outstanding mentor and to me, truly a friend. And it means a lot to continue to have your support and guidance in my life. So I want other people to understand how and where they can find you just to get that even social media view because you provide so much value there. But if they want to work with you in any capacity, you have a lot of different stuff to meet a lot of different people's needs. So whatever you want to plug, uh, I'm going to plug that I'm in the inner edge right now. And you guys, if you need to work through your shit, like we've been talking about, (laughs) I need to. (laughs) So we can do it. I, I was I was just plugging it to Kara this morning. I was like, "You're not in this round, and that sucks. You need to get in the next one." <laughs> but, totally. Yeah. Hannah, Hannah, talk to us about whatever it is you want to plug. Well, so
1: exciting things coming up for the rest of the year. Um, obviously, there will be at least one more round of the Inner Edge this year. That's my personal development program. It's mostly for coaches, but I have people in it that are not coaches, and they're getting just as mm-hmm. much, if not like it's it's the same amount of value either way. Um, So that's like a personal development specific program that's group. And then I also – the next thing I'm launching will be a sexuality-focused course. Um, So if you are interested – it's for women specifically. So if you're interested in um, just becoming more um, expressive, creative, able to use your voice, able to set boundaries, to say what you want, and then also to like be more in touch with your sexuality and that sexual expression, because it is like the fucking core of your life force. Um, I love that. Yeah, like as an entrepreneur and as a coach, like having that um, expressed has absolutely changed my life. So I'm super excited to be able to like offer a sexuality based course to coaches and entrepreneurs. And then I'm putting together some live events for the rest of the year. There's going to be a retreat coming um, in October. So that's launching in August, and there will be very, very limited spots for that. So retreat in October.
0: And is that going to be based for, like, clients, past clients, anyone open? Like, is there going to be a couple different tiers and options for that? It'll be um, – so we didn't really talk about
1: psychedelics, uh, but um, be, there will be two options for it. There will be um, – it, like the, there will be a very limited number of spots, like probably not more than 12 um, spots. It'll be a weekend long retreat and you can stay for two days and get just like the basic package, which is like the personal development stuff, embodiment stuff, leadership stuff, mm-hmm. um, business development stuff. And then if you want to upgrade to VIP, you get another night, which also includes a, a facilitated um, mushroom and MDMA experience. So
2: oh, that's amazing. <laughs>
0: I love it. So. We, we could bring you back on to have a whole podcast about that. Oh, yes. yes. We didn't Absolutely. even dip our toe into that. So. I love it. I, that, that's awesome. And if you said October, me mentally right now rearranging all my travel for tomorrow. <laughs> awesome well thank you so much hannah you guys seriously check her out uh instagram is just at hannah deindorfer correct we'll plug that in our show notes for the spelling there for you guys as well to find her there um if you are a coach i believe hannah does free calls every friday and she also has a coaching community on facebook so if you go to her instagram you'll be able to find all these awesome avenues that she has and i can tell you guys I have no idea what's coming in the sexuality course, but from the inner edge, we've had like one unit that had to do with sexuality so far. And it's so good that I can't imagine a whole course that she's going to have all this stuff. So definitely keep an eye out for that. (laughs) Thank you. Yes.
2: Yes, thank you so much. And guys, if this episode resonated with you, if you know someone who needs to hear this, please 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 leave us a five-star rating and review and, you know, share this. Tag us on your stories, tag Hannah, myself, Kylie, not your quick fix podcast and just get the word out there because this is this is a podcast that everyone needs to hear and everyone needs to be aware of mental health. So, thank you so much, Hannah again, and we will talk to y'all soon.